Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Father, Lord, we come before you this time, this hour, this day, Lord, just thanking you so much for how we have the privilege to read your word and how we even, Lord, can look forward to the day we celebrate the birth of our king, your son, Jesus. We pray today, Lord, that the text today would maybe point us to the day truly worth a celebration. And that maybe, Lord, it would also begin to tell us maybe some things that we need to look forward to in regards to that special day. But, Lord, we also pray today that as we consider other things, other activities, other holidays, perhaps, Lord, that would properly put it in the frame of mind that it should be. And that you'll lead and guide and direct us into maybe receiving some knowledge here today and maybe even to be able to properly put Halloween in the right perspective. So, Lord, guide us now and lead us. I pray the words that be expressed today to be said, but not really the words I want to say, Lord, but the words that you want us to hear. So open our minds and our hearts, Lord, to receive your message here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as I mentioned earlier, most likely you've read or heard these verses probably countless times, if not these verses, that may be those similar as written in the Gospel of Luke. But as you hear it, it probably puts you in the frame of mind for Christmas. So if that's what you're starting to have in your mind and your heart as you hear these words as about Christmas holiday coming up, then let me be the first to tell you it is only 56 days till Christmas. All right, now hearing that then may invoke panic in you. Panic because of the preparation that typically comes with Christmas and this holiday. I mean, the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, all those types of things. So it may have some panic. Thinking only 56 days? Yeah, only 56. Tomorrow, only 55. Okay? But here's the thing. When you hear the story, it should bring excitement to you, not panic. The excitement because it is the arrival. It marks the day that we celebrate the arrival of God's only son who came to save the world. John 3.17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order the world might be saved through him. It's a day truly worth celebrating. So while we, que while we question the rationale and validity of maybe celebrating Halloween, there is no question as to why Christian and why Christmas always goes together and why it is a day we're celebrating. It is certainly a day, the day perhaps, we're celebrating outside of the fact that the Lord had risen. But then where does that leave us in regards to Halloween? Maybe even further, where, when, why, and how did Halloween even start? I mean, we know the where, when, why, and how for Christmas, right? Well, at least we know the reason we celebrate Christmas. I mean, while the world may be a bit confused about Christmas, we as believers know it is all about Jesus and only Jesus, the perfect gift given to an imperfect world. But how, when, and why did this start, start a celebration of Halloween occur? And maybe more importantly, how should we, as Christians, respond to Halloween? We're going to briefly answer those questions here today. We're going to first start with the when, how, where, why pertaining to the origin of Halloween. 
So it's interestingly, research last week found that Halloween in its origin, that the name Halloween stems itself from All Saints Day and the celebration of the early Christian church. It was the first set aside a day for the solemn remembrance of the martyrs. But unfortunately, over time, things began to change. And what may have started as a day of remembrance for those who were martyred for Christ got mixed in with pagan culture, and things began to change quickly. Michael Deutsch, who is the pastor at First Baptist Church Alexandria, explains this. It's the ancient Celtic people believed that evil spirits came out of hiding as summer turned into fall, which for the Celts signaled the beginning of winter, which they associated with death. As a result, they observed a festival called Samhain, which was designed to ward off evil spirits. They dressed in costumes in order to disguise their humanity, hoping the evil spirits wouldn't recognize them. They built bonfires to light the dark nights to frighten them away. They gave away treats at their doors in an effort to appease the evil spirits. Now, as you hear that, you might begin to start to see how some of our Halloween traditions begin to occur, how we have costumes that we don on this particular uh, time of the year, and bonfires, and even treats at the door. But Travis Allen adds more. Is that the Celts believed the curtain dividing the living and the dead lifted during Samhain to allow the spirits of the dead to walk among the living, ghosts haunting the earth. Some embraced the season of haunting by engaging in occult practices, such as divination and communication with the dead. They sought divine spirits or demons in the spirits of their ancestors. Bobbing for apples was one practice the pagans used. Others believed the spirits could be warded off by carving a grotesque face into a gourd, a root vegetable, and setting a candle inside of it, the jack-o'-lantern. Now, Alan's comments now here explains the bobbing for apples that sometimes you see at some parties pertaining to fall festivals and Halloween, as well as the jack-o'-lantern, which commonly is placed upon a lot of porches of families this time of year. But the question is, what eventually then happened over the centuries and how exactly did the church respond? We go back to Deutsch, who says this. When thousands of Celts became Christians during the 6th and 7th centuries, the church made the decision to try to incorporate the celebration of Samhain rather than extinguish it. So they linked Samhain with the celebration of All Hallows' Day at the start of November. Eventually, October 31st became known as All Hallows' Eve, which leads to our modern Halloween. So there you have it. The how, when, why, where. Maybe it's more than you wanted to know about Halloween and its origin. But with that said, it now goes back to the question of how should we, as Christians in modern day, how should we respond? Should we shun all the Halloween festivities that occur this time of the year? Should we forbid our children for participation? Now, some would say yes. We need to distance ourselves as Christians, as believers. We need to distance ourselves from anything associated with Halloween. In fact, many believe that Christians, if they take a very strong stance against the Halloween festivities, if they relate to it at all, 
are actually partaking into the cult activity. Or somehow you're supporting Satan worship and pagan gods. Those who view it this way use Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 12 as support. The verses say this, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. They take a pretty hard, serious stance against Halloween and shun from any activity associated with it at all. And they use Deuteronomy 18 in support of their position. But yet, then I recognize how many of us, especially who have children, it places us in a very uncomfortable position. And it goes back again to the question, how should we, as Christians, respond to the special day, holiday if you call it that? Is it sinful or evil, or is it just fun and games? Is it a problem, or is it a potential opportunity? So again, how should we as Christians respond to Halloween? Today we're going to list three ways that perhaps we should respond. Now, some of these three ways you may or may not agree with. But it is certainly something worth considering. Especially then since we as a church engaged ourselves last night into trunk or treat. So we are in a mix of some of the things happening in relation to Halloween. So let us respond today with some things that maybe would help us in our mind about Halloween. And the first one is this. The Christians, us as believers, we should not respond to Halloween with misconception to evil spirits. Recognize that when it comes to evil spirits, we should acknowledge that evil spirits are no more active and sinister on Halloween itself than they are any other day of the year. In fact, any day, listen to me, any day is a good day for Satan to attack you and to look around prowling for his next victim, as mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. is Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That does not just occur on a day called Halloween or around Halloween. Our enemy is not active only one day a year, but upon every day of the year. As Christians, we have to be knowledgeable of this and to the enemy's tactics. And we must be ready to defend ourselves and stand guard. Not just to the misconception that seems to exist among some folks, especially non-believers, that evil spirits come out in abundance on a day called Halloween. Christians know, we know, that every day we could be under attack. And we know because of that we must put on the armor of God, as written in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand, be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And you know what the armor is. In verse 14, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, the readiness by the gospel of peace. And verse 16, the shield of faith. Verse 17, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And in verse 18, praying at all times. Yes, it is a misconception among some folks, 
that the evil spirits come out only on that day known as Halloween. We recognize those evil spirits are always trying to attack us and deter us from the love we have of our God. And secondly, maybe a way to respond to Halloween is that Christians should respond to Halloween with cautionary wisdom. Some people fear the activity of Satanists or pagan witches upon Halloween, but the actual incidence of satanic associated crime is actually very low. The real threat of Halloween, if you will, is the fact that sometimes social problems begin to actually breed other problems like drunk driving, people who are constantly pulling pranks and vandalism, and just unsupervised children in general. Like any day of the year, Christians should exercise caution as wise stewards of their possessions and protectors of their families. Christians, young people especially, should stay away from secular Halloween parties as they're only a breeding ground for trouble. If you want to have a Halloween party, great. Just do it amongst yourselves and your friends. Don't maybe attend the secular party where you know it's only going to be a breeding ground for someone to get into trouble. Christian parents especially can protect their children by keeping them well supervised and restricting the treat consumption to those goodies received from trusted sources. You have to recognize that people will, at times, try to do something to some sort of candy or some sort of treat. Kayla was telling me yesterday that she cautioned all of her students last week that when they go trick-or-treating, when they go out for Halloween, in the city of Evansville in particular, that there may be someone who's trying to lace it with something else and to try to do something to it. And they were curious about how they could even know. And Kayla told them, well, when you receive a bag, if it still has, when you hold the bag and it still has like a lot of air in it, it's probably still good. But when you hold that bag of treats and somehow it deflates itself, maybe someone stuck a needle in it to let something else be placed in there that shouldn't be. Our children will recognize that. And yes, unfortunately, those things do occur near Halloween. So we need to educate them and make sure they're supervised to the point where they're getting trustful treats and candies. So that's one way we should respond to Halloween. Another way we respond to Halloween is this then. And perhaps this may be the most important way that we respond to Halloween. Christians should respond to Halloween with gospel compassion. The unbelieving Christ-rejecting world lives in perpetual fear of death. We know that when we die, where we're going. If you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, been born again, then you know certainly where your eternal life will be spent. And for those unbelieving, Christ-rejecting people, they're not sure. And this isn't just within the experience of death, but what the Bible calls a certain terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which consumed them, as written in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 27. The thing is, witches, ghosts, and evil spirits are really not all that terrifying. Now, we sometimes may make them terrifying, but in all actuality, they're not truly terrifying. But what is terrifying is God's wrath that will someday be, uh, be unleashed on an unforgiven sinner. That is truly terrifying. They may not recognize it. They may not know it. And it's our job to make sure we communicate that to them in the most polite way that we can. That there is a day coming, perhaps soon, we don't know when, in which they will be left behind 
and will begin to experience the wrath of God being placed upon the earth by his angels. It's part of our study in Revelation we're having each Wednesday. That's horrifying. That is terrifying. The ghost and witches and stuff that we try to make it to be, it's not truly so terrifying. But the wrath that will be placed upon people we may know and love who have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, that should be really terrifying. It'll be a day like none other. So having said that, then Christians should use Halloween and then all that it brings to the imagination as an opportunity to engage the unbelieving public and world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's simple. It almost sounds too simple. That Christians should take the time to inform friends and family with the biblical truth regarding God, the Bible, sin, Christ, future judgment, and the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. We should be all about that at Halloween. I mean, there are different ways, of course, to be able to go about it. I mean, we talked about how Oakland City University had this big gathering on Thursday night. And I was about how many, I mean, there literally, folks, you had to be there to see it, to believe it. That many children, that many adults who would come out on that night, one night, or an occasion called Halloween to just come and receive goods or to be in a jumping space thing or, or to go to a haunted house in, in one of the dorms. I mean, it's amazing. That many people were so interested that they came out. It provides a great opportunity for us as Christians to witness to them. So we were there, and we were there handing them information. Yeah, we gave them some candy. We gave them some suckers. We gave them some necklaces. But, you know, every one of them we handed out has scripture written on it. We gave them information about the church so that maybe they would even have an inkling to, and a desire to attend and come and hear the gospel maybe for themselves on a Sunday or Wednesday. So yeah, it, it's a great opportunity we must seize when it happens to witness to the world. When they have a big gathering, we need to be there. We don't need to shun away from it necessarily. If someone is there who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we need to kind of be there for them to lead them into the light because they're certainly living in the darkness now. So we see the opportunity on Thursday night, and that's one way that we should react to Halloween. Be ready to respond to Halloween with gospel compassion. And again, last night, we did something similar. We dressed in biblical characters, attempting to tell the story of our character. Now we had some people who were here that, you know, like Dan, dressed in Noah. I mean, he already looks like Noah. I mean, he's that old anyway. But he played the part. I mean, he, he had this, the beard and all these things on last night. I mean, look, you look at him. He, doesn't he look like Noah? But he put on the stuff last night to make sure people knew that he was Noah. And, and there was an angel who is my wife. Properly playing the part, right? Yes. And, and I was a Roman soldier guarding the tomb. And we had Kayla, who was just some woman passing by the tomb. Yeah. We, we had the people falling for Jesus, right, Jeannie? Yeah. We had Vashti. Where's Vashti? She's talking about the children. Yeah. Queen Vashti was here. And we had, you know, the shepherd and the sheep. We had a sheep here last night. And, and we even had a sheep dog. We had Daniel and the lion. We had all kinds of wonderful things here last night. We even had a witch that was here. Right, Claudette? Yeah. 
It was all an attempt to make sure we do something for our public. Listen, it got him on the church grounds. Man, we can entertain a thought about what we do for the future, but it brought them into the church. Not into the church necessarily, but it let them know where we are, that we are available for them, that we're here. So, yeah, there's some things that can be brought out of Halloween, and one of the things that certainly can be done is gospel compassion. Lead them into receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's some churches that go to the extent of the hay rides and all the different kind of things last time as well. There's other churches who do nothing at all on the grounds of the church. And what they do is they go into the public itself, maybe go door to door, lay a pumpkin there, or lay some treats there for the children. But I guarantee you they're also trying to communicate the gospel message at the same time. So there's all kinds of positive things then that can come from the day typically known or associated with evil and the occult and darkness. We certainly want to shun away from those things. We don't want to be related to evil and darkness and the occult. But if it gives us the opportunity to be able to witness the goodness of Jesus Christ, then that's a good thing that can come from this day known as Halloween. So as Christians, we can use it to our advantage to spread the good news. We can even use it for an outreach, which we did. Inviting families to attend and hear the gospel of church, like I mentioned, on a Sunday and or Wednesday. Our Wednesday evenings has grown tremendously. Well, it started maybe five or six people has exploded into 30 to 40 each and every Wednesday. The children do things that are just a lot of fun. And the youth group has a lot of fun each week by learning a little bit. Then they go outside and play games. It's just a great atmosphere to be in. And we can let them know that. How else are they going to know unless we tell them? Halloween just provides a Christian with the opportunity to accomplish all of these things in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our message is a holy, it is set apart from the world. They're going to hear the message here and only here when we give it to them. It is a message that is very mercy of a forgiving God. What better time of the year, perhaps, to let the public know when they're living in darkness, when they're all engaged in what appears to be evil, what better time to let the public know of the goodness of God, his one son Jesus, who died upon the cross for humanity and for all mankind. Remember, God can use anything for his good. Now, having said that, understandably, there'll be some who won't completely agree with that, all the suggestions I've made about Halloween, and we'll just simply adopt a no-participation policy. As Christian parents, they don't want their kids participating in spiritually compromising activities. They don't want their kids to dress up in costumes for trick-or-treating or even attending Halloween activities. If that is a Christian's perspective and response, then that's okay. Because ultimately, Christian participation in Halloween is a matter of conscience before God. Whatever level of Halloween participation you choose, you must honor God by keeping yourself separate from the world and by showing mercy to others. That's what it's all about. Always loving other people. Loving God and loving your neighbor as ourselves. Better than ourselves. How do we respond to Halloween? Well, you should respond with the gospel compassion. There's, of course, another option of how we can pertain and respond to Halloween. 
which is the intent really of this message. And so let everyone know, regardless of age, race, gender, whatever, let everyone know that as they go about celebrating this particular day of Halloween, that there is a day, there truly is a day worthy of celebration. I don't think, I'm not telling you Halloween is worthy of celebration. In fact, I hope you're getting to the opposite. I don't think it's a day worthy of celebration. I will engage in it to spread the gospel. But the day that truly is a day of celebration, we can let them know, is the day of the birth of our King, Jesus. When someone you know, as maybe I mentioned before, like my cousin, who says Halloween is the best holiday ever, you can correct them quickly and let them know it is not Halloween. It is not even a holiday. It is the best day, time of the year, worthy celebration is the birth of our King Jesus. We read about it today. It is a, it is a verse, verse is a, a set of verses that actually can be used any time of the year. And we use it today to let people know then that that is a time, that is a day, certainly a celebration. Let them know that nothing on Halloween itself is worthy celebration. But the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, that is certainly a day we're celebrating. So let them know as you go about tonight or perhaps tomorrow for a little bit of Halloween itself remaining, knowing today's the 30th, tomorrow the 31st, the official day of Halloween, let them know wherever you go that you're prepared and ready to celebrate Christmas. You know other people already doing it. You've seen them in the store. Everything about Christmas is in the stores already, right? And you let them know why. It's 56 days away. And you let him know you're on the countdown. You're counting down each and every day because you know that is the day worthy of celebration. It is not upon tomorrow. The day of celebration is the birth of our king on December 25th. That's the time to celebrate. Father, Lord, this message today is quite simple. Maybe even too simple, Lord, as to recognize the message, Lord, is also recognize the truth that's behind it. Lord, we know that we should be involved in things in our community to engage and be able to spread the gospel of good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, let's recognize we can use a day known as Halloween to be able to do that. So, Lord, today let us just reflect upon that. Reflect upon the truth that it provides for us. And also recognize that we should go about communicating to people there's really a day we're celebrating. Not necessarily tomorrow, but the day of Christmas, the day of our King and His birth. Lord, I pray now then that perhaps somebody here today, maybe they haven't truly received Christ, or maybe they haven't really looked forward to that day of celebration. Maybe they are mixed up in some of the celebrating of Halloween. I pray, Lord, you begin to place some conviction upon them and recognize it's not about the celebration of a day, just a really just another day, Lord. It's really about the celebration of coming, of how we receive the one and only Son. I pray, Lord, for you to direct them in the right way. I also pray, Lord, for us as a church family, that you guide us, Lord, and direct us into how we should respond. Lord, we know we're responding now in a way to be able to reach out and let people know about the goodness of Jesus. Lord, that's what you want us to do. Just wrap our arms around that, Lord, but lead and direct us then of how best for us to fit in. Lord, we thank you so much 
for how this simple message today can direct us to truth and then how it can reflect upon the account of a wonderful gift given to this world of your son Jesus. We celebrate that, Lord, and look forward to even his return. In his name we pray. Amen.